And please join me in prayer. Gracious and almighty God, we give thanks for the challenges you place before us that we embrace, the challenges we run to, and how you hold our hand to a new place of promise. Open our hearts and minds to your word, for in Christ's name we pray. Amen. You know, any serious reading of scripture takes us to very uncomfortable spots. Jesus says in Matthew, do not think that I have come to bring peace to the world, but a sword. I mean, like, whoa, what did I sign up for? Is that exactly the kind of group I want to belong to? There are passages of scripture that make us feel so uncomfortable. In fact, Jesus continues by saying, I have come to set man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and one's foes will be members of one's own household. I got to tell you, most of us have gotten to that point in relationships without reading Jesus' words, without even reading scripture. It reminds me of a, of a young, uh, young man who fell in love with a woman. And uh, as, a, as a little test, he wanted to see if his mom could find out which woman he fell in love with. So he invited two of his friends to join them. And so there were three women sitting on the couch, and he went to his mother and said, hey, mom, uh, can you tell which one I want to marry? And she says, yeah, the, the one on the end. He goes, mom, how'd you know that? I don't like her. Anyway, there's these tensions that take place in life. They're real, and they are real in our families. Scripture has a way of making us feel so uncomfortable. And while we believe that Scripture should be a catalyst for comfort in our lives, it sometimes becomes a catalyst for a crisis. In the scripture lesson read today out of Genesis 21, Hagar and Ishmael, they are part of Abraham and Sarah's family. And that is until Sarah was promised a child in her old age. And I'm sure you remember the story when the, uh, the messengers come and tell Abraham that he'll become a father. Uh, she hears this and she laughs. Uh, unbelievable that she would be a, a mother in this late time in her life. Several chapters before today's reading, Sarah is, is barren. She's more barren than the Somerset Mall during a pandemic. She's not given a son to carry forth the family name. And in a moment of desperation to give her husband a son, she directs Hagar, her handmaiden, to lie with Abraham. And she becomes pregnant and Hagar gives birth to Ishmael, who is Abraham's son, but not Sarah's son. It's the child Ishmael in today's story who was sent into the wilderness with his mother. And then, believe it or not, miracle of miracles occurs. Sarah, who was promised a child, now gives birth to Isaac in her old age. In fact, Isaac is a, it's a, it's a name that actually means to laugh. The root word is to laugh. And as scripture states, Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born. And whoever have said that Sarah would nurse children, yet I have borne him a son in Abraham's old age. You know, Isaac's arrival is the beginning of a new beginning for Hagar and Ishmael. They're sent packing into the wilderness. You know, talk about a crisis of faith. It had to seem that their world was crumbling being turned upside down, if you will, because Hagar did what she, what she was supposed to do. She gave birth as she was instructed, and that now she's cast out, told to, to move along. I mean, have you ever felt that way? You do what you're told, you obey the law, maybe even follow God's direction, and then your world falls apart. 
Following Jesus can sometimes lead to a crisis of faith. Hagar obeyed, gave birth to a son, and then was told to, to Vamoose to leave. And let's not forget Abraham in this story. He's promised a child by Sarah. And in their old age, they're made parents. I mean, I know what it's like to be 60 plus and chase granddaughters. I asked my daughter to have AED paddles nearby just in case I pass out. Those kids just run me around. There's a reason that you have children when you're young. And Abraham must have felt a, a twinge of torment to send Sarah's handmaid and his son Ishmael off into the desert. We have this Judeo-Christian DNA that if we follow God's lead and believe what the Bible has to say, there'll be no crisis of faith. But here's some news worthy to consider. Believing in God and following Jesus, it invites a crisis of faith. Such decisions will cause us to question the very thing God asks us to do. What, share my resources with strangers? Give my time to children and families in other parts of the state that I don't know? Other parts of the country, other parts of the world? Give my time to people who may not appreciate it? Yes, yes, and yes. We're called to do that because that's what it means to be faithful, and being faithful sometimes invites a crisis in the midst of our faith. Think of Jesus hanging on the cross. He's, he's there, and what he cries out, and saw, he quotes Psalm 22 by saying, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Jesus being faithful may have led to that just a moment, a moment of a crisis. And one doesn't have to hang on a cross to cry out to God saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You can easily, <laughs> don't laugh, you can easily serve on a church committee, be a Sunday school teacher, volunteer for XYZ effort, and I guarantee you, you may ask, what was I thinking? I thought I was following Jesus. What happened here? And those are good questions to ask. They allow us to explore the, the depths of our desire to serve God faithfully. And we always have to remember it. And here's the key takeaway. Always remember that when our world falls apart, and it does at times, God's world is always holding up together. Hagar's world fell apart. It all happened when Sarah was watching Ishmael and Isaac playing together outside. We don't know what happened, if anything. We can only conjecture. Did Sarah see Ishmael mocking Isaac? Was he too rough with her own son? Or did Sarah see an extended family binding together in a way that she found threatening and perhaps repugnant? We have no idea. She saw something, and then she gave direction to Abraham. Her complaint distressed him. Sarah's comments caused a crisis for Abraham. After all, Ishmael was her son too. And so, you know, when we talk about families and, and children, no parent wants to hurt their child. And I'll, I remember this story vividly. I was, it was in 1995, and my son was 12 years old. He was on a midget football team. It was in the fall. And, and he always played the, 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 the last team that played that night. And it was the evening that the local church I was serving had a, had a Halloween party. So my wife and I thought, you know what? We can go to the Halloween party. We'll be back in time for the football game. 
and things would be great. Well, we went to the Halloween party. It went longer than expected. We lost track of time. We got back to the football game. It was already over. We forgot it was the night they were going to honor the parents. They called out our names to walk out on the field with our son, and we weren't there. He was extremely hurt. I remember him with the red carnation he was supposed to give his mother, crumbling it up and throwing it away. There is nothing worse than hurting your child. And Abraham felt that way. Hagar felt that way. Sarah felt that way. Abraham's world, after becoming a father to two sons, was turned upside down. He had a crisis of faith, as as I had a crisis when I saw how I had treated my son. And we know that Abraham became the father of a great nation, and Ishmael was a conduit from Abraham to become a great nation as well. There is always a larger vision at work that we cannot fully see, a larger vision that we cannot fully comprehend. Abraham didn't see it as Hagar and Ishmael off into the wilderness. Hagar didn't see it as she wandered in the desert with her son. She was prepared for her son to die and for her to die there out in the desert. This is a story about life being turned upside down. This past weekend, my wife and I went biking in Northern Virginia. There's a lot of trails there. And so I got the bike rack to put on the car and I, you know, the upper strap, the side strap, the lower strap, put on the, on the, on the, on the, uh, on the car. And I was really pleased with myself until I went to put the bike on the rack and I had the stupid thing upside down. And I had to take the straps off. And it was no big deal. It was just kind of frustrating. Life is frustrating when things are turned upside down. And my guess for Hagar, when sent packing with her son Ishmael, was a moment of life being turned upside down, out of whack, if you will. Our, and, her, and for her, this caused a huge crisis, as it did Abraham. This story gets to the quick of how our feet are made of clay. Our fears in life are real. Our frustrations with ourselves, others, and even God are, are frightfully in front of us. We read the Bible, we say our prayers, we engage in mission, and we may fulfill a Christian mandate, yet they lay the foundation for a Christian crisis in faith. Hovering underneath the events of family, children, and blended families is the fear of loneliness. That was a fear of Sarah, a fear of Ishmael, a fear of Abraham, even a fear of Sarah. They were lonely before the birth of Isaac. Hagar was lonely as she was told to leave. Abraham was lonely as he sent the mother of his son packing. Loneliness is powerful and hurting. It's a feeling that's real. It's rooted in being unloved, uncared for, forgotten. Loneliness is real when we have a crisis in our lives and we don't know to whom we can turn. And loneliness is just a painful moment in life. It's a catalyst for a crisis in faith. Jesus felt that on the cross. And yet Psalm 22, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me, is followed by Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Today's world, you know, we have no contact, pizza delivery, no contact, bookshelves, we have Grubhub. In fact, what the heck, we have no contact worship. And this crisis is helping us explore community in new ways. We're discovering how to escape loneliness in new ways. 
And we may feel like Hagar and Ishmael stuck in the wilderness of suburbia, internet, inner, inner city or internet hell. Yet this crisis leads to a new way of being God's people. Any serious reading of scripture puts us in uncomfortable spots. And even more amazing is living out scripture that leads us to places of promise never imagined. Our barrenness, like Sarah, will lead to abundance, as it will for us every single day, from crisis of faith to faithfulness in the midst of crisis. As Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. Amen.